everyone, it's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat. Joining us on this episode of DevOps Chat is Chris Ang of Vericode. Now, I'm proud to say, actually, that I know Chris, actually, before there even was a Vericode. Um, but, uh, so it goes back a while. Chris is, Chris, I don't, I don't remember your exact title, but don't you head up research at Vericode? That's right, yeah, VP of Research uh, at Vericode. Yep. Welcome and good to have you back on, Chris. Good to be here. Yep. So, Chris, you know, I'm going to assume if people want to know who you are, it's Chris Eng, E-N-G. You can look him up. He's a bona fide cybersecurity warrior and uh, with a long track record of, of accolades and, and just being a great guy in the, in, the, in the community. On top of that, though, I'm going to assume people know that Vericode, for the last couple of years, has been putting out a report called the State of Software Security. In fact, this is volume nine, so which assumes there was eight before then, right, Chris? Um, that is correct. <laughs> we do yeah. this every year, and it gets yeah. bigger and better uh, every year. Yep. So volume nine, you know, it's CA Technologies Vericode now, of course, some changes. And, and Chris, it, it's kind of your baby, right? You, you shepherd this report every year, no? I've been involved in it uh, since the first year we did it. I mean, certainly going back to the, to the early years, uh, there were a lot fewer of us uh, sharing the burden and doing all of the writing ourselves. And now, thankfully, we can, we can spread that out among more people and get more eyes on it. Um, and that's actually one of the things that, that we did this year that was kind of different is in, in addition to ourselves, um, we worked with uh, some data scientists uh, over at Scientia Institute to actually help us dig into some of the things we really wanted to probe around uh, remediation work and, and looking at different um, organizational behaviors in that. I'll get into that uh, in a little bit. Absolutely. Chris, before we dive into maybe the specifics of this year, let's just take a minute and talk about, look, nine years running. My God, how the world has changed in nine years. Right? I, I spoke, I was talking to the CIO of Box, Paul Chapman, earlier today, and we were, you know, we're just talking about how the world's changed, let's say, in the last 20 years, but even in the last nine years. I mean, what we what we can see, you know, security is still security, and unfortunately, you know, we still have incidents, we still have vulnerable software, we still have buggy, and you know, and, and have trouble closing up vulnerabilities. But but the game has changed though too, has it, Chris? You know, when you look back, what do you think that some of the biggest changes are? Yeah, it, it's definitely uh, undergone uh, a huge evolution. Um, you know, when we started Vericode in 2006, um, you know, application testing primarily was companies doing uh, penetration tests maybe yeah. once a year against their most critical applications. Um, and if anything changed in the, you know, between those, uh, you know, in that one year, uh, you kind of only had a point in time assessment. You had a lot of applications, a lot of pieces of software that were just never being tested at all. And you know, since then, companies have realized that, you know, number one, they need to test more frequently. That's the only way that they're able, you know, to release software that is going to be secure and also, uh, you know, be able to drive the speed that they want to release new features and new products, right? The other, I think, realization is 
that you can't just focus on the most critical applications to the business because attackers don't really care uh, how they get in, right? If they find a weaker way to, an easier way to get in through some weaker application that's not maybe core to the business, but is still connected to the same infrastructure, well, they're going to go after that. So there's been a realization uh, that it's important to understand everything that you have and to actually build software testing and security testing um, into all phases of the life cycle, right? Fix early uh, and it'll be a lot cheaper than, than fixing later on. And, uh, you know, we were looking at some of our stats the other day. This isn't in the report, but, um, you know, to do the first million application scan for our customers took 10 years. Uh, the second million scan took one year. Wow. Right? So, right, so that, that huge rate of, of increase is just showing that across the board, across all industries, company sizes, um, you know, organizations are realizing that they have to scale their software security programs to cover uh, all the bases, and, and they have to do it continuously uh, in order to, you know, not rack up security debt. So I think that would be the biggest thing that, that's changed in how we approach the problem. I, I agree. I agree. But, but Chris, really, our, our show, you know, our time's limited. Let's, let's jump into, um, you know, this year's report. I, you know, I, I've had a quick look through it, the executive summary and some of the other stuff. Well, you know, boil it down for our listeners. What do you think are the, the three biggest kind of metrics or, or facts that jump out here that they should be aware of? Yeah. Um, well, let me give you just a, a quick um, sure. overview on. Um, so, like I said, we do this every year and we take about 12 months of data. So this is across all of the assessments that we do for all of our customers. And uh, it's anonymized down, of course. And then we look at trends and, uh, and try and uh, see what's going on out there in terms of application security. Um, this data set is about 700,000 application assessments uh, during a 12-month period. And the one big thing that we've been able to do this time that we weren't able to do in the past is actually look at um, uh, how long flaws are sticking around once they're discovered, right? Um, how long is it taking uh, uh, organizations to, to, fix, to fix these flaws? And um, so when we detect something, we're able to kind of track it across multiple assessments. So let's say we scan an application today, we find a bunch of flaws, we uh, fix some of them and not others, and then we scan it again, like in a week. We're able to identify that certain of those flaws, the ones that we detect the second time, are the same as they were the first time. And so that allows us to actually track the life cycle of each individual flaw um, until it's fixed, right? And so we're able to look at um, what does that flaw persistence look like, kind of a survivability analysis. And, um, you know, if you look overall, just across all the flaws that we look at, um, the numbers are not great. Um, it takes 21 days on average to close 25% of the findings, uh, 121 days to get to the halfway point, and uh, 472 days to get to the 75% point. So that's a long time, right? That's over a year. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's not it's not a very rosy picture. No. Um, overall, and. Um, and so we broke this down, and uh, once the report is out, people can kind of look at 
well, what does that look like in terms of different severities, different industries, uh, where, you know, what kind of patterns do we see there? But I think the most interesting one and, and the one that will be most interesting to you um, is around uh, the effect of DevOps or DevSecOps on fixed velocity. Now, we don't have an easy way of saying, um, you know, for any given application, like, is this a DevOps shop or not, right? We can't, you know, we don't have that information. So we have to figure out whether or not we think they are. And the proxy that we've been using for that is scan frequency, right? If you're doing CICD, you've got your scanning baked into your build process, or you've got it some way baked into your automation. And so if you're doing a nightly build, for example, you're doing a test every night. Um, and so we looked at scan frequency um, to identify that, you know, we think that probably these, uh, these applications that are being scanned uh, 300 plus times a year, those are probably DevOps uh, shops, right? So, uh, and the ones that are scanning one to three times a year, probably not. And so we've got this broken down into, um, into buckets. Um, if you uh, have this in front of you and you want to jump over to um, page 39, it's figure 43. And this is the, this is what I really want to, this is sort of our, our hypothesis was like, yeah, I bet DevOps shops fix faster because they're scanning more frequently and they don't want to rack up as much security debt. And in fact, it does like show that, right? We see this one line uh, on the report that says, you know, uh, applications that are scanned uh, 300 or more times a year um, are fixing, uh, they're getting to the halfway point of fixes in five days, and they're closing 75% of flaws within seven days, right? So that's, you know, a huge amount better than those averages that I just described to you. And, and we have this broken down by bucket, right? So you have the 300 plus scans per year, you have 51 to 299, all the way down to one to three scans per year where it takes close to four years uh, for them to get to the 75% close mark. Um, so I think that's actually, this is what we hoped to see. This is what we expected to see, but it's nice to see the data uh, prove out that in fact, yes, when you scan often, when you scan early and you stay on top of the findings, um, this is actually uh, a, a very doable thing, right? To, to fix flaws in a reasonable time frame. Absolutely. Two, two things there, Chris. Number one, I would think, you know, hand in hand with the DevOps is automation. Yeah. Right? I'm wondering if, if part of it is that in DevOps enabled cultures and organizations, you know, cultural, uh, organizational cultures, whatever, companies doing DevOps, are they automating the scan process and that's why we're seeing them doing 300 plus scans right and they well they and they're deploying more and if their if their mo if their standard process is nothing gets deployed without first being scanned right you that's where you start racking up 300 plus scans right oh and yeah yeah we're pretty much your pipeline right you, you build that into your cd process those scans get done. Yeah, we're assuming that these, you know, we've got, I think that the, the, at the maximum point, there's one app that was scanned like over a thousand times. Right. Uh, in the year. And, and certainly that's, I, I mean, I really hope that's not a human 
uh, uploading something right. or pressing, right. you know, right. hitting the every, time. Button every time. You would right. 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 I'm assuming that even even the ones that are that are scanned 50 times a year, right? Which I assume to be every week. Um, I, I assume that those are also like a build pipeline, right? So, um, uh, and anytime you can, I mean, and that's been a big focus for us just in general is how do we remove any human effort required to to do the testing? How do you make it easier and more transparent? And just uh, you know, remove any barriers to doing that. Well, so, how do you you got to build it into your CI/CD pipeline? I mean, it, it has to be part of that. It, the, the same way you breathe air, right? If you start breathing, you die. You don't deploy software that's not been tested and scanned. And, right. Right. You know, it sounds so simple us talking about it, Chris. But here's the fact, right? And. Not everyone listening to this in our audience has been in security as long as you have or even I have. And, and a lot of people see, these, see the reports, Chris, and they say, oh, my God, this is year nine. And I forgot how many years Verizon is doing their report. And every year, it's hard to show progress in some things, right? We, we do show, hey, if you scan more, you're going to have less vulnerabilities go out the door that aren't fixed and that were at least they don't stay you know, they get fixed faster. Yeah. But the fact is, we're still seeing, you know, you look at the executive summary here, Chris, and it's it's not a rosy picture. It's, I think those were your own words. And, and we still read about breaches every day and 30 million records here and 20 million here. You know, the, the non-security person says, what are we going to do? When, when is it going to, when does this fundamentally change yeah i mean these, these things don't get solved overnight right i mean if you if, if if companies have only realized you know a few years ago that they need to kind of get a handle on you know all the things that they have and start understanding what their risk posture is and they've got you know 10 20 25 years worth of software thousands of applications you know it it doesn't happen overnight it's it's, it's baby steps um certainly starting any new greenfield projects with you know, with, with a uh, with with a proper SDLC that's identifying and fixing issues early is going to prevent them from building up even more security debt. But yeah, you know, a lot of these, the way I, I explain some of these things, uh, you know, for example, pass rates uh, on OWASP top 10 not getting a lot better or the prevalence of certain flaw categories like cross-site scripting or SQL injection staying relatively constant. Um, is that some of the more mature apps that have been scanned for a while now, like those are actually decreasing. If we sliced those separately, we would see the rate going down. But when we look at it in aggregate, you know, those step, out of those 700,000 applications that are part of this data set, a lot of those are things that have been, are just being scanned for the very first time ever. And so they're going to have a higher prevalence of some of these issues that the more mature applications will have gotten rid of already. Right, and so uh, they kind of balance each other out, and we see this every time. Um, in fact, we should probably start to report on some of those things separately. It's a, it's kind of a difficult thing to do, but um, I think what's happening is some of the newer applications are bringing those numbers up, and uh, and and that's why we see the the lines staying relatively flat. Um, uh, there's a long there's a long way to go, uh, but we do see you know in things like in, in things like the DevOps, uh, 
uh, remediation case I just described, and we see uh, little uh, points of optimism where you know you can see a clear correlation between a certain behavior and a certain outcome. Um, and so you know we like to focus on those things, and and um, yeah, it's going to take a while for most companies to to really start to chip away at the legacy uh, applications and 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 getting those locked down. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Chris, we're, we're just about out of time. Um, I should We should put this out there. For people who are interested in really kind of digging in on the report, where can they get it from? Go to Vericode.com? It'll be on Vericode.com uh, starting on October 24th. And, uh, yeah, they can download it there. There's, uh, there's a huge amount in here. We break it down into different flaw categories. We look at different industries against each other. There's even a little geographic. Uh, breakdown. And then, of course, like I mentioned, a, a huge uh, amount of data around flaw persistence and, and how long it takes uh, organizations to, to, uh, to fix flaws, which, I mean, ultimately is, what we're, is what's important, right? It doesn't matter how often you scan if you don't fix stuff, right? You don't reduce your risk unless you fix stuff. So um, there's a lot of great data on that that we've uh, never been able to report on before. So we're really happy to, to get this out there. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, Chris, you know what? I, I, I know I got a little hard on you about the, and it's not your fault that the security industry, and it's not the security industry because God knows we want to fix the issues and yeah. the problems that cause these breaches and, and things. It's really just the state of, of software and, and where security lies as a priority, you know, in, in a lot of these organizations and, and managing their risk and so forth. But by the same token, Chris, you know what, first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for being involved enough to do this report every year. And whether the, whether the metrics paint a rosy picture or, or a sad picture, nevertheless, it's a picture that needs to be told, right? We, we need this kind of insight. We need the metrics to understand where we are and where we need to be. And, and so... Great job once again in, in, in putting this together. Um, you know, I, I, I think as it's, it, it's as important for non-security people to read these reports as it is for security people, right? To really yeah, we hope, yeah, we definitely hope people will get something out of it and, um, and, and hopefully, um, you know, kind of use that to, to think about how they are building their own programs, right? How they're remediating, what do their numbers look like? Um, and, you know, hopefully kind of informs, uh, how different organizations think about scaling up their programs. Um, that's, uh, that's what we're, that's what we're hoping anyway. Good. All right, Chris, let's call it a wrap on this. It's a Friday afternoon here. And again, thanks, yep. thanks for your insight on the report. Thanks for managing this report year in, year out and being involved with it and helping. And uh, we'll see you soon. We're, you know, we're coming into conference season. I'm sure you'll be busy presenting and getting. I'm work. sure, yeah. I'm sure we'll be bumping into each other pretty soon. Absolutely, Chris Ng, VP of uh, Research at CA Technologies Vericode, our guest on this episode of DevOps Chat. This is Alan Schimmel. Everyone, have a great day. <laughs>